0: Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, today I'm speaking with Drew Manning. He is the New York Times best-selling author of Fit to Fat to Fit. This is a book that he wrote where he talks about his experience gaining 75 pounds and then losing it in order to better understand his clients. He is a health and fitness expert. He's an entrepreneur. He's still a coach. He is just doing amazing things in the world. And so I wanted to have him on the show. And of course, we talk about keto, which is his specialty, the keto diet. But we also talk about morning routines, which is something I'm super fascinated with, with highly driven and successful people. So we break down his morning routine and then what he does to create the perfect day for himself. We also talk about, of course, greater purpose and meaning, which if you've listened to enough of these episodes, you know I always kind of get to that uh, crux with my with my guests because I want to know what drives them. I want to know what makes them tick. And it's always different with every single person. So I find that so fascinating. And I find that the lessons that they share Well, absolutely. They've absolutely changed my life in different ways, and I know that they're changing the listeners' lives as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you get a ton out of it. And whether your goal is to lose weight by incorporating the keto diet, or whether it's just to connect with yourself on a greater level and find your purpose and find your meaning, that's really what it's about. Um, And so I hope you enjoy this episode with Drew Manning. Guys, before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about my soon-to-be-release line of CBD supplements coming out at the end of September. You may have been hearing a lot about CBDs in the news and on social media, and there's really good reason for that. It's because CBDs are amazing, and they offer a natural solution for battling stress and anxiety. And they do this by working with the endocannabinoid system that already exists within the body— And unlike THC, it's not going to get you high. You're going to get all of these great medicinal benefits of the hemp plant with zero side effects. Um, So it's really great for pain, inflammation, obviously stress and anxiety, and it even helps those with PTSD or social anxiety disorder. Um, And because there's zero side effects, even children can take them. Um, Children with epilepsy have shown to have amazing results, even children with ADHD. Now I'm not advocating that you give them my products necessarily, but if you do your research, I think you'll find that CBDs offer amazing solutions for people of all stages of life and people dealing with all different kinds of medical issues. Um, But what makes my product stand out from the rest of the noise is that I've added some of my favorite adaptogens in. I've added ashwagandha and green tea leaf extract. And ashwagandha works on the HPA axis, which is the hypothalamic, pituitary, and adrenals. And it helps that system in the brain communicate better so you're not quick triggered to stress. Things are not going to set you off like they might have used to. Um, And so you're coming from a place of groundedness and calm, and you're able to make decisions uh, more clearly and from a more centered place, which is something we can probably all use. Um, And green tea extract has known benefits for brain health. In a recent Harvard study, it was shown that green tea extract prevents cardiovascular disease, uh, cancer, hypertension, and because it is packed with anti-inflammatory polyphenols, They bind to harmful proteins that, if left unchecked, could eventually lead to Alzheimer's. So these are amazing, amazing adaptogens in addition to the already amazing properties of CBD. And you guys, I am so proud of this product. This has been a long time coming. I wanted it to be perfect for you. Um, And the fact that it's almost here is so exciting. I am so thrilled to be able to give you another tool in your toolbox to help you fight stress and anxiety and boost your body's natural ability to be healthy and balanced for the long run. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If you are someone who doesn't really feel well when you drink coffee or you just want to reduce your caffeine intake, this is a company you definitely want to check out. They offer mushroom coffee blends and what you do is you just add it to hot water. Now, full disclosure, I add it to my regular coffee because I love coffee and it's part of my routine Um, but the benefits from the mushrooms are mind boggling. And if this sounds super weird to you, honestly, just Google it and see what you find out because I love mushrooms in my coffee now. And it's like, if I don't have it in my coffee, my day is just not right. So I add the chaga to my morning coffee for the immune boosting properties. I add the cordyceps to my coffee for the energy I get. It also really helps with libido. I'm just putting that out there. Um, And I like their reishi at night because it's very calming and grounding and just helps me sleep really, really well. Um, And they even have a really great matcha too, which I've tried, and it's delicious. So it's really for anyone looking to either reduce their caffeine intake or add something in that's going to really help their body um, be more resistant to getting sick. And so, I mean, it's unreal. Like, I've traveled a ton this year. I haven't gotten sick at all. I have two boys. Who are in school with all of these other sickly children, and I have been holding strong. So I fully believe in this product. They really care a lot about quality and consistency. So you're really buying from the best when you get their products. Um, so I can't, I can't recommend them enough. And it's not artificial at all. Like I truly, truly believe in this company and what they're purveying. So check them out, forcymatic.com, and use the code Unstressed to save 15% off at purchase. See ya. Well, hey Drew, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Hey Lizzie, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you about everything keto and then mindset and really what makes you tick as a person because you're such an amazing person. Um, and then of course you have all this success as well. So before we get all into that, why don't you take us back through, you know, the events in your life that led you to being an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, a coach. Um, And I also want you to talk about your large family and how that might have played a role in your success.
1: Sure. That's a great question. So I'll start from the beginning. My parents have so much respect for them. I don't know how they did it, but they raised 11 kids. They had 11 kids, one at a time, no twins, no adopting. My mom birthed 11 human beings. I don't know how that's even possible, but she did. And so I was raised in a big family. And we all played sports, right? I played football and wrestling from a very young age. So I was always active. I knew for me, that was something that I was passionate about from a very young age. And I excelled at sports. So something that I was good at. Um, And then that led me down the path of, you know, I didn't go straight into health and fitness, just so people know, you know, because most people know me as the fit to fat to fit guy, which we'll get into in a second. But before that, you know, I went to college, got a bachelor's degree in business management, went into finance first. And then from finance went into the medical field, <clears throat> which a lot of people don't know about. <clears throat> and then it was there that I was personal training people part time on the side because I knew that you know I was in between jobs and I was looking for something I was passionate about. And I was like, you know what, I like health and fitness. Why not get certified as a trainer? So I did. And then I instantly f- knew there was a disconnect. <clears throat> I knew there was something wrong because here I was, someone who had always been in shape, trying to help people who were overweight. And I'm like, look, you guys, it's so easy. You know, all you do is eat healthy food. You you go to the gym, you work out, and then boom, you see results. Why aren't you doing what I'm telling you to do? You know, here's the meal plans. Here's the workouts. It's it's easy. It's simple. And then they would tell me, you know, Drew, you don't understand how hard it is because you know I tried to follow the meal plans, but then I gave in and had soda or I, you know, was really tired one day and stressed out and didn't go to the gym. And I'm like, why is it so hard? It's not that hard (laughs) for me. It wasn't hard. And so, anyways. That's where the idea of fit to fit to fit was created from that disconnect that existed between me and my clients. And then that's where most people know me from, right? I did that fit to fat to fit journey where I gained 75 pounds in six months on purpose to better understand my clients. It was super humbling, one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I learned so many valuable lessons from doing that, and it opened up my eyes to just how wrong I was about. Um, in, empathizing with clients and and truly understanding them on a the mental and emotional level. Because the physical aspect of transformation I had down, right? Like calories, macros, workouts, meal plans, exercises, those kinds of things. <clears throat> but I couldn't connect on the mental and emotional side. It wasn't until, and it wasn't until I did fit to fit to fit that I finally had a better understanding, not a complete understanding, but a better understanding. And then that's kind of where my journey began as an entrepreneur, because uh, from there, I had to make a choice: either the medical field, which was the job I actually enjoyed, or go down this route of fit to fit to fit as a, as a business owner, which was unknown territory and very risky. And I've always been taught to do the safe thing—you know, stick with a safe job, secure job, where you get a uh, paycheck every week or every two weeks. And I took the risky route, and here we are, seven years later. And I won't—I won't say that it was easy, and I have—I've had no bumps in the road. Um, I've definitely had my ups and downs, but. I'm finally in a place where I'm finally in a place where I feel like, okay, maybe I'm starting to figure things out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So take us back to that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to gain all of this weight. Was it like an aha moment? Was it like this kind of out-of-body experience? Tell me about that moment where you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my body through hell, um, but I'm going to, I know it's worth it.
1: Yeah. So it did kind of come in a kind of a lightning bolt moment where I like this light bulb went on in my head and I'm like, I need to do this. And so I was thinking of ideas of how I could be a better trainer, relate to my clients. And I knew I had to do something online. And for whatever reason, the idea of getting fat on purpose, even though it sounded crazy in my head, it made sense at the same time. And I've instantly felt like this might actually be a good idea. It's a crazy idea, but it actually might be a good idea. And then I ran through it in my head a few times and I'm like, I think I'm going to do this. I even Googled to see if anyone had done this before on purpose, right? So I checked with family and friends and, you know, 99% of them were like, yeah, you should totally do it. Sounds awesome. And so I started from there figuring out how to like, you know, create a website and a YouTube channel and and then the rest is history.
0: Wow. Was there ever a moment when you're like gaining all this weight, like you've gained like 30 pounds or something and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like you feel terrible, you know, you're lethargic, (laughs) you're like 30 is enough or, you know, whatever it was. Was there ever a time you wanted to to turn around? (laughs)
1: I think that happened at five pounds or 10 pounds. Um, it happened throughout the journey. Cause here's the thing. My whole identity was based on what my body looked like. Right. My whole identity was based on this six pack, you know, muscly toned body. And, you know, all, at, at first it was fun. I'll, I'll say that at first it was fun to let myself go, like eat whatever I want to, <clears throat> but where it was difficult was where, <clears throat> was when I would go out in public, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when I would go out in public, I freaked out because I wanted people to see me as this fit, this fit guy. And now that I was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, I wanted to go up to strangers and tell them, Hey, I'm not really overweight. This is just an experiment. You know, like you go to this website, you'll see what I really look like um, because I was so insecure. And I had such low self-confidence and low self-esteem at the time that I felt like people were judging me because my body. And that's where the lessons were learned was on the mental and emotional side was letting go of my physical body and realizing that i'm not defined by my physical body but for me it took me going through this humbling experience
0: man i mean just when you were talking like that's deep i mean already like you are so far ahead of the game like you think about all these people who age and they go through aging and it's just like horrible you know depressing thing because they've always had their identity like you said in their body and I'm kind of the same way like I love looking really good I love feeling really good and a lot of my happiness is tied to you know my body and I know that that's you know it's gonna end one day but at the same time it's like I think that that's a beautiful lesson for anyone listening is you know we are so much more than our physical bodies and we are you know we do have souls and they are you know special things. So I mean, were you treated differently? And did you notice that like by people who'd be like, like, Oh, if you looked at that girl, she would normally be so attracted to me. But now, because I look like this, like she doesn't even look my way. Like, tell me about that.
1: That's a good question. And I, here's the thing. And this is where it's different for men and women. I think men are judged less in society for being overweight than 100%. women. Are. And so for me, no one ever said anything rude to me or mean to me. Cause they just looked at me as this heavy guy. And so for me, I, it was all in my head. I felt like people were looking at me differently. So no one said anything rude or, or mean. And I don't know if people were judging me, but I felt judged. And one experience that I remember very vividly, it was, I was at the grocery store and I had my shopping cart full of all this like junk food, soda and cookies and chips and, and granola bars and, and cereal. And I was checking out and I remember these three attractive ladies in line behind me. And here I was with this big belly and I could kind of just feel their energy of them looking at my stomach, looking at the food and kind of, you know, you know, I felt like I was being judged. I don't know if they were judging me or not, but I wanted to say so badly, you know, Hey ladies, um, (laughs) you know, I normally eat kale and spinach and and broccoli, but like today, you know, I'm just doing this crazy experiment. Right. So, but I didn't say anything. And that was the first time where I felt like I'm kind of understanding what my clients go through on a daily basis. Kind of, Mm. they have to, feel that judgment every single day because of their bodies and and people judging them based on the foods that they eat and it's unfortunate and it's sad and i was starting to realize it at that time and that's where you know like i said the greatest lessons were learned in moments like that
0: i love it so i mean it sounds like the original mission of what you started with completely changed as you went through it yourself what was the most surprising thing that you learned through this whole experiment
1: the most surprising thing for me was how much of transformation is mental and emotional. Like before as a trainer, here, here's what changed in me. I used to focus so much on the physical cause that's all I could relate to. Right. So if someone was struggling, it's like, okay, let's change up your macros. Let's change up your meal plans. Like maybe you're doing something wrong with your workouts. We need up the intensity. And that's what my go-to was when it came to helping people who are struggling on their, on their journey, not realizing that it's not a physical problem that people have. It's not so much a lack of knowledge people know they need to eat, eat less and work out right to lose weight. It's simple, but it's not easy. And that's what I didn't understand. And so what the missing component for me was that the emotional connection to food is way more powerful than we ever imagined. So for me, I won't go as far as to say I was addicted, but I can definitely empathize with people that did have food addiction. Cause I felt those withdrawals uh, when I got off of the six months, right. and started eating healthy again. My body was going through hell, trying to, Uh, wanting the food again, cinnamon toast crunch and Mountain Dew and macaroni and cheese and Hot Pockets and things like that. That tastes really good. But I was eating spinach and kale and broccoli and chicken and all these healthy foods. But I felt miserable. And and it finally clicked. I'm like, this is what my clients were telling me when I would give them a meal plan. Their bodies would literally fight back because they wanted that high, just like a drug, from those foods. And we weren't providing it to them or we're not we're not providing it to them and so our body kind of wants that drug and it makes us feel awful it's like going through withdrawal symptoms and that's when i realized the emotional connection to food is way more powerful than we ever imagined so for me i definitely have more empathy and have a better understanding of the mental and emotional side that people struggle with and that's kind of what i try and do with my brand now is yes i give people meal plans and workouts and supplements we talk about that but that's not the biggest thing that's the smallest part of, of transformation it's so much more up here than it is outside. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And it's almost like, it's kind of scary to me because I, when you think about, you know, certain foods absolutely are addictive. And then you have this emotional attachment to, you know, maybe it's foods that you ate in your childhood and you had some, you know, adverse childhood experiences. And so it's like a double whammy. You have this emotional need for this food. And then on top of that, you also have the physical need. And it wow. seems like you just had the physical need when you were coming back off. So I can imagine someone who's really trying to lose weight and they're going through this. I mean, it's like doubly as hard yeah. to, get that transformation. So I want to kind of go, I want to kind of talk more about your brand. I love that you bring adaptogens into your branding. I think most people don't even know what mushrooms are like reishi and things like that. And I love that you're incorporating that into your products. So tell me, have you always kind of used these types of things, or is this new through new research that you've been doing?
1: Yeah, so for the most part, I would say it's new because Western culture hasn't really embraced these these types of herbs and adaptogens, uh, specifically mushrooms, um, as a you know daily supplement or use in our in our uh, in our food intake. Right. Um, so for me, it came from being in the industry, networking with people, getting to know companies like, for example, four sigmatic that kind of made it mainstream with medicinal mushrooms. Not, you know, I'm not talking about magic mushrooms, <laughs> you know, people are hallucinating, not, <laughs> <clears throat> not like, not like psilocybin, but I'm talking about medicinal mushrooms. Like you said, reishi, chaga, lion's mane, um, these types of mushrooms that are, have been used for centuries and have have very powerful effects on our health. And so for me, it was, experimenting looking at the research testing it out on myself and noticing a huge difference and so for me i'm a huge believer in these types of real foods that now companies here in the u.s make it more accessible right so instead of going to the store and buying these mushrooms and and cooking them in a certain way to get the benefits right you can't just pick it off a tree and and start chewing on it and get the benefits right there's all this extraction process and uh, there's all the science that goes into it now, but man, now we have, it so accessible. You can just boom at the click of a button, Amazon prime two days later, and it's at your doorstep and you can add it to your, your smoothie, for example, you know, or just put it in a drink as a pre-workout. It's amazing what this stuff can do. I will say this though, you know, I'm a huge fan of supplements like this, but it does not replace, you know, it's not a magic pill. It's not like taking this, will give you six packing. You can eat donuts all day. And, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a magic pill, but it's definitely something that's missing in the Western culture that I I embrace and definitely am a huge fan of.
0: Yeah. I mean, I honestly have been using it for about a year, like all of the Four Sigmatic products and, you know, I haven't been sick since last November. And I say this all the time and like my workouts, cordyceps, like give me so much more energy when I'm working out. And it's just like you said, you like, you try it. It sounds weird, like, oh, mushrooms. And then you try it and you're like, holy shit, like this stuff works. (laughs) This is magic. Yeah, uh, so yeah I'm, I'm so on board. And Four Sigmatic is a friend of the show, too. So Awesome. <laughs> um, so getting into kind of your specialty and what really you're famous for is the keto diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and before, you know, we did this interview, I kind of put out to my followers, you know, is there anything that you really want me to ask him? You know, we have this amazing guest coming on. And so many people reached back out and said, you know, I love keto diet. I've seen great results. But then I hit like this three month mark. And it's like, I hit this crazy plateau. So what what can you say to them about that? What should they yeah. do?
1: The first thing is to realize how amazing our bodies are and how quickly your body can ad- adapt to any new lifestyle. So I don't care if you go keto or vegan or paleo, or you go from one extreme to another extreme, your body will adapt. It might see awesome results in the beginning, but once it adapts, it becomes more efficient at whatever lifestyle that it's following consistently. And so that's amazing first and foremost. And so the problem is that our perception of, of, um, you know, going on a new diet or a new lifestyle is that we have this diet mentality that we're obsessed with. What's the quickest way to lose the most amount of weight in the shortest amount of time, with the least amount of effort. (laughs) And so sometimes people find that with like a new diet or a new lifestyle, like keto, they see amazing results and they're like, okay, my results are stalling. Um, I, 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 you know, it's not working anymore. So I might as well quit or go back to my old ways. So first of all, it's our perception. Um, it's, it's a mind game of staying consistent, staying persistent, but also when it comes to keto, there's a lot of tweaking involved. So I've been doing keto for years on and off. I don't do it strict hundred percent of the time. The way I do keto today is totally different than the way I did keto when I first started. So that's what people need to realize is they think they found the magic pill when they've hit this jackpot for the first three months, they're seeing amazing results and the weights just dropping off. And then all of a sudden they stall, they have a plateau. Um, they just need to realize that there's some things that need to you need to tweak or just to allow your body to adapt to this new change that's happening. Um, so from there, you know, there's a lot of things you can do specifically with your carb tolerance and your protein tolerance. So what I recommend doing if you, if you want to stick with this keto lifestyle is to invest in a, a blood ketone monitor. It's about 20-30 bucks on Amazon. The strips are about 1 to 2 dollars per strip. Basically you prick your finger and you do a little blood sample and it tells you your ketone levels. Anything above a 0.5 is technically nutritional ketosis. So what you want to do is let's say you've been doing it for three months. You feel great. You've been seeing good results and all of a sudden you're stalling. What I would recommend doing is testing your blood ketones to get a baseline. And then from there, what I recommend doing is upping your protein, upping your carbohydrates. Because most people think the the way I'm doing it today, it's working, is the way it's going to be forever. (laughs) you know what i'm saying like it's your body's constantly changing and evolving and adapting so you need to constantly change and push it and challenge it in different ways so what i recommend doing from there is upping your protein to a certain level and testing your blood ketones and then upping it again so maybe you go up by five gram increments so like let's say your protein was 70 grams go up to 75 go up to 80 go up to 90 and then test to see at what level are you then kicked out of ketosis so anything 0.4 Point four below, and then you kind of know okay, maybe I was eating maybe at first that amount of protein was good, but now that I'm more efficient, I've lost some body fat, my body needs more protein because of my workouts. So you find out what your protein threshold is, and you do the same thing with carbohydrates. So you start out at 30 grams or wherever your starting point is and go up 35 and 40, because at that point your body's probably more efficient at using glucose as an energy source as well as ketones. So it doesn't mean you can't ever have carbs again. That's the problem people get when they go keto. They think carbs are a sin. Carbs are bad. They're going to kick me out of ketosis. I can't touch it. And they feel guilty and ashamed when they touch a carb. When in reality, that's not the case. Your body was meant to run off of both forms of fuel, in my opinion, glucose and ketones officially. So what I recommend doing is find out your carb threshold as well. And then from there, like, for example, for me, just give people an idea. I can get away probably with 70 to 75 grams of carbohydrates per day. Wow. Still staying ketosis. And for me, I can eat a lot more protein than most people can and still stay in ketosis. Why? Because of my, I know my body. I've been testing it. And with my, the amount of lean muscle mass that I have and the amount of lifting that I do, my body's more efficient at using carbohydrates than someone that's, that's, that's sedentary, that doesn't work out a lot. So it's very bio-individual. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. You have to be open to experimenting. And like I said, the protein threshold and the carb threshold is, is something that I found that works really well with people.
0: I'm just so glad that you said that because so many people that I've talked to are like, like you said, they're terrified of carbs and then they're tired because they're not getting enough carbs and they're just, you know, it's one of those things where it's not working. I'm just going to stop doing it. And then they gain back even more weight. So I love that you said, you know, really first understand where (coughs) you're at and do the blood testing. Um, And there's what there's like P6 too, but I know blood is more accurate. Um, And then yes, standard. Yeah. And then from there be able to kind of gauge how you're doing. Cause I know for me, like I'm a runner, I lift weights, like I'm all into that. And if I don't get carbs, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I love carbs. So yeah. if I don't do that, like my workouts are trash, you know, so it's not even, it's not even going to happen. So yeah. I love that you said that. Cause I think people, especially listening to this episode or looking for that, that edge, that quick fix. And so it's like, it's not a quick fix. You (laughs) got to really do your homework and, and listen to your body. So I love that. So let's transition. Mm -hmm. Um, your brand is kind of you, I mean, you are your brand. It's kind of blowing up. So how do you stay grounded through all of the success that's going on?
1: It's a great question. It's a combination of a few things. And it's taken me a while to figure out what, Works for me because um, I've gone through you know a lot of transitions in my life from being married to being super religious to being divorced now and not being super religious but still spiritual and it's like I could easily get lost in you know the craziness of this world but there's a few things one is you know I take my role as a dad very seriously <clears throat> that's one of my main purposes I feel on this earth other than fit to fit to fit is being a dad to two girls so my girls help me stay grounded my relationship with them. I feel like a father's role in a daughter's life is super important. And I don't want to make this sound bad, but I feel like it's more important than a mother's role in a daughter's life. Because uh, daughters learn how to love from their moms, but they learn how to be loved from their dads. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that's really important. And uh, <clears throat> and then also, it's a combination of things like meditation on a daily basis, consistently. And I know that sounds weird. similar to what I was talking about. Mushrooms, our Western society, hasn't really embraced meditation because we think it's weird. There's, you know, there's no science behind it. You know, you, you know, there's no, like, you know, it just seems weird and hippie ish. Right. So, but for me doing on a consistent basis has changed my life. And then also things like positive affirmations Mm -hmm. saying positive words about myself to myself out loud is something that's really powerful. And I challenge people to do it for 30 days straight and just see, you know, at first it feels weird. You're awkward. You're looking at yourself in a mirror and you're saying words to yourself you know, it, it, you feel like a crazy person at first, but you start to notice that those words have power and they can change you at the cellular level. Cellular level, And then the other thing is a daily gratitude list. So writing down, you know, what I'm grateful for every single day and realizing that, you know, I, I'm happy with what I have now, but I'm still okay with working on a better version of myself, right? I think you can still love yourself where you are now, even though you're not maybe happy with the results or of where your life is, but you can still love yourself now while you're working on a better version of yourself. And then the last thing is uh, journaling and writing down my goals. Um, And for me, that has totally changed my life physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And in so many ways um, that I can't even really tell you, but like it's doing that consistently has changed my life. And that's what helps me stay grounded.
0: I love that. So is that something that you do every morning? Like take us really quickly. I love everything you just said and everyone listening to the show is very into meditation and spirituality and all of cool. that. So no one's thinking that you're <laughs> um, But yeah, like, take us through your morning routine because I'm so obsessed with morning routines, especially from really successful, you know, vibrant people.
1: Yeah. So first of all, let me just say this as a, as a parent, all the parents out there know that nothing ever goes perfectly as planned with the morning routine, especially with kids. Like I could have, you know, uh, all the best intentions, but if one of my kids has a nightmare in the middle of the night and then I'm up the rest of the night and I try and wake up at five or five thirty, like I normally do. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I was up all night. I'm going to sleep in or like I'm up meditating. Then one of my girls wakes up early and then I have to go take care of them. And my meditation is missed for the day. So it never works out perfectly. And that's okay like be okay with the chaos, be okay with it, not being hundred percent consistent, just do the best you can. I think sometimes parents need to realize that. So in a perfect world, <laughs> I wake up, drink some water, have a little bit of salt, um, uh, pink Himalayan salt or the stuff called real salt that I love. And, um, and then from there I will meditate and then do my positive affirmations. And then from there I make my coffee, which I usually use, um, I have my own brand of supplements called Complete Wellness, and I'll add my MCT oil powder, which tastes delicious. Um, I'll add that to my coffee, blend it up, and I'll drink that while I'm doing my gratitude list and writing down my goals for the day. Um, And then from there, usually uh, my girls are awake by then. I make them breakfast. Um, I'll get them off to school, and then I'll go to the gym and work out, and then I'll come back home and shower, work a little bit more, and then whenever I get hungry, which is usually around noon-ish, I will eat lunch. And from there, work more, pick up my kids from school and uh, play with them, do stuff with them, make dinner with them. And then, um, you know, after that, we'll, we'll do something like, I don't know, watch a movie or go out for a walk or something and then uh, read with them before bed. Oh, you just said morning routine. I'm going through my whole day. No, <laughs> Should going. I keep going? <laughs> You know, and then we'll like, you know, get them ready for bed, shower, and then read books and then put them to bed. And then sometimes I'll work like another hour or so. And that's like a typical day in a perfect world when my kids are in school. Don't ask me what it looks like when they're like right now, they're, they're not in school yet. So it's like, it's just kind of chaos, you know, um, but it's, uh, that's, that's in a perfect world.
0: I love that. I love that. I mean, yeah, I'm a mom of two boys. So I completely understand, like, you never know what's going to happen. So I think having that flexibility, but still having that structure to your life is key. <clears throat> I means everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, hmm. That's interesting. So it sounds like you do um, intermittent fasting too, because it sounds like you just had a little bit of coffee in the morning and then you were on to your workout. So for the like intermittent fasting is kind of like blowing up lately. Can you talk to our listeners about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so for me, you know, with the bulletproof coffee or the the fat in my coffee, it's not true intermittent fasting, but I'm a huge fan of it because I don't get a big insulin spike if I have like a smoothie with fruit or um, you know, uh, you know, food. For me, I just feel better. I feel better intermittent fasting. I'm not as hungry when I'm in ketosis. I eating one or two meals a day is I feel optimal. My brain's a lot sharper, my digestion is better. I can get so much more work done versus eating every two or three hours you know, having a meal prep and bring food with you in Tupperware containers, like all day is really hard. A lot of times I'm on the go, I'm traveling. So for me, I'll just fast as much as I can. And for me, it's interesting because people think, Oh, you're going to get skinny. You're going to lose your muscle mass. Uh, um, or you're going to get skinny fat. I'm like, honestly, that's not how it works in the body. Right. Um, for me, I think once, uh, you know, once you have a certain amount of muscle mass or you're lifting on a consistent basis, your body, when it's in a state of ketosis, the ketones are very protein sparing. So your body will preserve its lean muscle mass and use fat as an energy source first before it, it taps into your your protein source. And so for me, um, it works best because not just for the – uh, physical fitness or the, um, the body composition benefits, but for the mental clarity and improvement, in cognitive function, the focus and the energy throughout the day, I feel is so much more optimal on ketosis, um, or doing intermittent fasting as well. So intermittent fasting in a nutshell is basically where you're restricting the time that you're eating. So instead of eating as soon as you wake up and until you go to bed, you're shortening that window. The most popular protocol is a Sixteen eight, So 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. So from noon to 8 PM is when you fit in all your meals of the day. It does help with body composition. It can help with body composition. I guess I should say, because you're, you're eating in a shorter period of time. So you're probably not eating as many calories and you're getting the benefits of a ketogenic diet. Cause the fastest way to get into ketosis is to fast, stop mm-hmm. eating food and your body will start producing ketones. So from that period of when you wake up till noon, Your body's in a mild state of ketosis, most likely. So, your body's using fat as an energy source. And then, whether you do keto or not from noon to eight, your body still gets the benefits of something called autophagy, which is basically kind of self cannibalism, which basically means your body's eating itself, right? It's eating its fat as an energy source. Um, But that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits to intermittent fasting and ketosis that I love. For me, it's more so about the brain optimization. And that's what I love about it. Yes, you can lose weight, you can lose fat, but nothing's a magic pill.
0: Right. And you're also thinking clear. And also like to to add on to that, it's not only that it's eating fat, like I was reading this really interesting study. It's also clearing away the debris from your cells. So you're actually rejuvenating your cells on that cellular level. So you're actually making yourself younger in a way because, you know, the cells create debris over time as they get older. So when you're not eating your body can focus on that, that clearing out instead of digesting food.
1: I know. It's amazing how uh, there's a lot of health benefits, anti-aging, cell regeneration detoxifying your body. For me, it's the best detox I've ever done versus like taking, you know, these cleanses where you're going to the bathroom all the time. For me, I've never felt better, you know, doing like an extended fast. I've done 24 hour fasts, three day fasts. I've done the seven day fast before. Um, and then for me, the extended fast, like once, quarter or once a year, whatever you do it, they have benefits. You know, I think our society, we've had access to food on demand our whole lives and our parents' lives probably. And a couple of generations before us didn't always have access to food so easily and so we had to go through periods of, of feast and famine, but our generation has never experienced that. We were taught eat square, three square meals a day. And if you don't eat, you know, you, you'll, you'll suffer, you'll, you know, your body will store fat. And that's just not the case. There's so many benefits physically, emotionally, spiritually when it comes to fasting. That's why every major religion you know, has used fasting as a tool for increasing spirituality. And so there's yeah. a lot of benefits to fasting that I love.
0: I was just thinking that, too. I'm like, it's in every single religion. Like, there's a reason that this has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. It's good for us. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I do have some rapid fire questions, sure. you know, to kind of round out the interview. Um, are you ready?
1: Yes, ma'am. I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Lizzie. <laughs> I know you hate ma'am. So call so. me
0: ma'am. Um, Okay. Success to me means...
1: Success to me means being truly fulfilled, right? For me, it's not about the worldly definition of success, money, fame, glory. Like There's so many people that have that success that are miserable, right? There's so many celebrities that we've seen recently, unfortunately, that have taken their lives. And we think, man, they have so much. They have everything. Money can buy happiness. It's not true. So for me, success means being truly fulfilled in this life.
0: And what fulfills you?
1: Being a dad fulfills me. Um, seeing the people I love, happy, fulfills mm-hmm. me. Making an impact in other people's lives, like through Fit to Fat to Fit, definitely fulfills me.
0: I love that
1: answer. And eating donuts from time to time. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Fulfills <laughs> me in <laughs> um,
0: Okay, I believe in.
1: I have, can I say I be- I have hope? Yeah. I believe is like, kind of like I know or you know maybe you can kind of use hope and believe simultaneously but I hope that there's more to this life than just what we experience here right I I hope that there's so much more to this and I hope that people can see themselves through the eyes of other people which is in a positive way we see ourselves so negatively you know I hope that people can learn to love themselves in this lifetime because life's too short
0: absolutely I'm grateful for it
1: I'm grateful for all experiences, you know, I'm grateful for the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, because every experience I've learned happens for our greater good. Mm -hmm. It's in the moment. Like for me, going through a divorce sucked in the moment. It was really hard, but I, it made me a better man today. And I'm grateful for it. So I'm grateful for the good, the bad, the ugly, all of life's experiences. And if I could just learn to be grateful in the moment rather than be grateful 10 years later. Cause most of us look back on our lives. We're like, man, I'm really grateful for this, even though it sucked. Cause it made me the, into this, right. We can connect the dots, but if I can learn to be grateful in the moment while it's happening, while it sucks, I think I uh, can be a lot happier in this life. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> and love is. Man, these are so <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs>
0: There's only one more yeah. after this. You're doing oh, great. I guess. Uh,
1: Love is real, love is hard, and love is attainable for every person.
0: What's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? (sighs)
1: There's so much. Um, I wish I would have learned how to have a better relationship with myself. Because for me, I was taught to be a certain way for other people so other people would like me but I never learned how to like who I was, right? My liking myself was based on what other people thought of me. So if other people liked me, then I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I like who I am because other people like me. I was looking for that validation. So I wish that I learned at a young age that not to care so much about what other people thought of me and that I could learn to love myself no matter what you know, other people thought of me. And so uh, for me, it's uh, that that's kind of probably the biggest thing that, caused me to struggle or suffer in this life.
0: Which is so interesting to me because you were this football player. You had a big family who all adored you. Like, it's so interesting to me when men especially say that they've struggled when, you know, you would look at them from the outside and be like, well, they have everything, you know, they're good looking, they're football players, da, da, da. And then it's like this turning point where they're getting more vulnerable. Like I've had several conversations with guys about this and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, I mean, as a mom of two boys, it's almost like heartbreaking in a way. It's like, what can I do to reinforce that love, that self-love, you know? So
1: I just think it comes down to communication with them and spending time with them and letting them know that it's okay to be a certain way. It's okay to feel right. Versus, Mm -hmm. Hey, don't cry. Suck it up. Be a man. Like it's okay to feel and talk about those feelings. Right. Versus, you know, just covering it up and pretending like you don't, you know, you don't have those feelings. That's what's hard you know, and I love playing sports. I love football and wrestling, what it did for me, but at the same time, like it also was a part of my perception of this culture that I lived in with religion and my family upbringing was like, you're never good enough. Um, you know, you can always be better. And that's like beating yourself up, you know, in order to love yourself more. Like if I just hate myself a little bit more then I'll love myself one day. (laughs) Right. So stupid, but
0: instead of loving yourself, like right here and now, And then still working towards improvement too. And that's so important. I mean, if we could like end the interview on that alone, like that's, that's powerful and that's purposeful and valuable. So thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, Lizzie.
0: Yeah. So if people want to find you, reach out to you, what's the best way?
1: Yeah. So super easy at everything is fit. Number two, fat, number two, fit, 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 fit. It's my website, my book, my podcast, my social media handles, Um, everything just reach out to me and I'll, I'll do my best to get back to you. Um, I try really hard to get back to everybody. Um, And then also, I don't know when this airs, but um, in February of 2019, uh, my second book is coming out, which I think a lot of people will like.
0: Ooh, what's that about? What can you tell us?
1: (laughs) Uh, I can. It's, um, it's a guide to complete transformation. So in this, I kind of teased or talked about a little bit of the lessons I learned, physical transformation, mental, emotional, spiritual, with a ketogenic approach. So how to incorporate keto, which is a physical kind of thing, but how to incorporate that into a complete transformation, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, as well as physically. And so it's called Complete Keto, and that'll be coming out February 2019. So just follow me on social media. I'll keep you guys posted.
0: That's amazing. I know it's going to do wonderfully and it's something that the world needs so yes. badly. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks Drew. <laughs> this was so much fun.
1: Yeah. I had a good time. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Drew Manning. I am so sorry for the background noise, but as you all know, you know, life happens and sometimes everything is not perfect, but I think the message that he shared was so important. So Even though it wasn't perfect, I am so glad that it's out there for you to listen to. And if you haven't already checked out his book, Fit to Fat to Fit, it is a fabulous read. Not just if you want to lose weight, but just if you want to understand how the body works better and how to maintain a healthy weight and body um, at any age. So it's a really great one to pick up. Um, If you really love this episode, despite the background noise... um, Please don't hesitate to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I cannot stress this enough. It does so much for the ratings. It does amazing things for getting the word out about the show. So if you enjoyed this episode, you know, please leave a review or share it with a friend. So the more people that hear it can benefit from it. And we can just keep spreading the message of what is life really about? What can we do to live better lives, Uh, whether it's related to our body or our purpose? So thanks so much. See you next time.